This is the Get Up 8 Podcast with your host, Eric Hodgden. Hey everybody, this is Eric Hodgden and welcome back to the Get Up 8 Podcast where we unpack the challenges and struggles that come at us in life and we find unique ways for you to build resilience to not only survive those struggles, but to thrive because of them. I'd like to welcome back Shelly Varela to the podcast for part two of our series about leaning into struggle because I just know this conversation is really strong. Uh, Shelly, welcome back. It's my absolute pleasure. I'm so I'm so happy to be able to have this conversation with you and your people. Shelly, I'd love to shift our focus over to an acronym that you've developed over the last, uh, maybe correct me if I'm wrong, a couple of years or even, even sooner, um, that's called FACES. And I'd love for you to share that with us, because when you were telling me about that the other day, it's just so powerful in so many ways to help us when we're faced with something that might be difficult. Mm-hmm. And I'd love for you to share that with us. Yeah. So after I got hired for the following two decades, I kept getting asked about my story again and again and again. Mm. And I really have not changed a lot. I'm still pretty shy. I'm still fairly introverted. I'm an introvert with social tendencies, I say. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but I remember thinking, man, like like I didn't think I was going to be talking about this twenty years later. I thought I was going to get hired, do my thing, and that was it. Right. But I was alarmed at how many people kept asking me the same question, and so I kept telling my story again and again, and getting more and more uncomfortable because I felt like I was bragging, and it's like, well, then I did this, and then I did that, and right. I just felt like a jerk. <laughs> um, but then one day, a lady said to me, she goes, "Thank you so much for sharing your story because." I see myself in your story. Wow. And I thought there were some things that I couldn't do, but now I'm going to go do them. Awesome. That's impact. It Well, it was a, a huge epiphany moment for me because it was the first time I realized my story literally has nothing to do with me. It also has nothing to do with firefighting. Mm, it has right. everything to do with somebody else seeing themselves as the misfit freakish underdog in the scenario and then emerge triumphant on the other side, scarred and beaten and bruised from battle. Right, right. And so it kind of led me down the rabbit hole of really getting quiet, like I talked about, and saying, what did I actually do? And here's what I realized. What I did, everybody was so focused on, oh, you know, you made your body do this and you learned that about a truck and you learned, you know, about gears and pulleys and fire signs and building instruction. You learned all that. But what people couldn't see, what the unseen part of that was, is how do you stay among insurmountable odds, Mm -hmm. emotionally engaged Mm -hmm. for 1,162 days? Mm. And that is the key in the lock. Yes. Because if you have that, it doesn't matter what your challenges are. You know you're going to get to the other side of it. Right. Like if I said to you, hey, Eric, uh, I'm going to give you $5 million if you do X, Y, and Z, you're going to figure out how to yeah, do I'll, X, Y, and I'll Z because you know the money's happening. Right? <laughs> and so what I realized is it came down to what I now call FACES. And it stands for foundation, alignment, courage, expertise, and support. Mm. And so with foundation... It is so vital, like so many people will argue for their limitations, and it's vital to remember that there is something bigger than us out there. Mm -hmm. 
I don't care if you're, I'm not religious, but I'm spiritual. Mm -hmm. I don't care if you want to call it God or the universe or the cosmos Mm -hmm. or higher self. I don't care what you call it, but you have to call it. Right. Because every single night for 1,162 days, I asked. I asked every single day. Mm. So on the days when I was getting my teeth kicked in, Mm -hmm. and it's like hope was nowhere in sight, Mm -hmm. I just asked. Mm Mm-hmm. And it allowed me to feel like I was having a conversation. And it allowed me to feel like if I could just shut up for a minute mm. and listen, mm-hmm. that I was talking to to, to somebody or yes. something or, yes. or and whatever you want to call it, it doesn't matter. Um, and did it, it take you a while to listen though? I mean, did it? how long did it take you to figure out that you needed to listen? Well, I've always been a freakish kid, to be honest. That's a whole other story. <laughs> um, but- I had to I had to be able to listen because everybody else around me was telling me no. Mm, everybody right. else around me was telling me it's not gonna happen, it can't happen. Like look at the size of you. Right. Like I'm little, I'm five foot two, I'm tiny. Mm. Um, and it, it was kind of like it we were a team of two. Me and it. That mm-hmm. was it. That w- and that was all I needed because whenever things got really, really bad and they did many, many times. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to just get quiet for a second. I'm just going to tune in and I'm just going to ask. So it became this dance. So I didn't feel like I was doing it alone, although I was physically doing it alone. Um, I had to feel like I had somebody on my team. Mm -hmm. And so unless you believe in something bigger than yourself, Mm -hmm. logic is always going to hammer you right between the eyes. Yes. And it's going to be hard Mm -hmm. because- you can't out logic something that is insurmountably huge. You can't, right, right. you know, you will always find the reason why you can't do it and, right. or it's never been done before or mm-hmm. any of that. So you have to really align with the fact that, okay, I'm not doing this alone. Mm-hmm. The fa- there has to be a foundation of there's something bigger and more intelligent than me. Yes. And then the next thing is alignment. And alignment is really key because we are trained to think about what we should do, mm-hmm. but what society tells us is appropriate or what is you know acceptable. Mm-hmm. We're also trained to not listen to what is true for us, mm-hmm. even if, and I would argue, especially if that thing is like freakishly weird, <laughs> like right, if it's right. uncommon or unconventional, all the better, but we're trained to tune that out. So for me, imagine it's like 27, 28 years ago, I'm like this kid, like this writing sonnets in a tree for the love of God. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm going to be a firefighter. And they're like, that's so cute, Shelly. That's awesome. And, you know, people are looking at their watches because the ironic part was I quit everything I started before that. Oh, wow. I'm like, I'm going to be this. I'm going to try that. Right. And they kind of tap their watch and they're like, you know, let's see how long this one lasts. <laughs> but what I found was, again, when I got quiet and I'm like, it, what is my body telling me? Mm. And it was true for me. And once I realized that it was inarguable. Mm. So you have to start as you intend to continue. And what that means is losing your labels. Because for me, I I thought I was Shelly the artist, mm-hmm. which limited me to art type things. Yes. But once I lost the label and I realized I'm Shelly who likes art, mm-hmm. it freed me up to be Shelly who likes yes. surfing, firefighting, anything else. Wow. Because here's the truth. Like we're not solving for X here. You can learn anything. Mm-hmm. And so um, 
I, I tapped also into my value currency. And that's what I call like, what is important to you? And there's no right or wrong, but it's really important to zero in on like, what is your jam? Mm-hmm. So for me, it wasn't money. It right. was service. It was contribution. It was team. It was that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And for some people, it might be affluence or it might be prestige. And there's nothing wrong with any of sure. those. Things. Right. But you have to know what your jam is because in this world, most things are measured by money. Right. And if that doesn't light you up, then you're going to be always climbing the wrong mountain. Right. Um, so after that comes courage. Okay. And this is this is a counterintuitive one because before you can get to courage, you have to first address fear. Mm. But when you address fear, and like we were talking about earlier, when you get under the hood of what am I actually afraid of? And when you're brave enough to stare it straight in the eyeballs and go, yep, we got ourselves game here, fear. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's gone. Like, bring your dancing shoes. Right. Um, it does make it easy. And I, I joke about it. It's not cool. Like right. it's easy to look at somebody's journey after they've done it and said, oh, well, they can do it. But you didn't see them while they were in the middle of the right. hack. Right. It's ugly and it's messy mm-hmm. and it's emotional. Um, but if you are willing to look at what you're truly afraid of, then it mm-hmm. allows you to drill down and get to the bottom of it and turn the intangible into the tangible. Yes. And then the unfamiliar into the familiar. And yeah. when you do that, mm. you turn fear into rocket fuel. Yeah. That's so, so powerful, Shelly. It's almost as though fear, when I think of the word fear, I'm seeing it as something that's, that's, it looks like crap. It looks junky. It looks broken. It looks difficult to, to even, you know, to conceptualize. But in deep down, that's where the gold is. Always. And it's such good gold, too. It's pure. It's like, that's where, that's where the growth happens. That's where the rebirth, that's where in the hero's journey, and the any death story of the old in, self. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. It's 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 <laughs> that's why movies like Star Wars and Lord of the Rings and and The Hunger Games. Mm-hmm. So any storyline like that, there comes a time when the character, the protagonist, has to face their fears. Mm-hmm. But inevitably, uh, and because they fought their their hardest battles, they've come out, they found that gold in that fear. Yes. And they've come back transformed. So I I just think that absolutely that's where the gold is. So please continue. This is fascinating. Yeah. So, you know, the goal is to turn the the fear into courage. Mm -hmm. And then once you do, uh, then we transition into expertise. And this Mm. is the only time, this is the first time in this journey where you're going to allow uh, logic in. Mm. Because the rest is emotional based. The rest is like, what's my truth? What's palpable? What's my yes effect? Mm. And when you bring logic in, it serves as a tool to orchestrate your possibility. Mm. It's allowed on the bus, but it's not allowed to drive. Ooh, I love that. And so what that looked like for me in, in my example was, okay, I have no skills. I need all these skills. And man, man, there's a lot of them. Um, it can be overwhelming. So I, I think of it as a a zip file. You can zip it or you can unzip it. Mm. And when you're looking at that yard sale of skills, knowledge, or experience, or whatever it is in your particular case, you're like, man, that's a lot of stuff. And it can be overwhelming. And this is where a lot of people quit. Yes. But if instead you zip that file closed and you realize that that you can can section it off into pillars of like things. Mm. So using myself as an example, I needed to learn all these skills. I needed to learn first aid 
CPR, building construction, fire science, and mm-hmm. so on and so on and so mm-hmm. on. So now instead of having like a thousand tangible things that you need to put your hands on, you have 15 pillars, whatever it is. Mm. Then what you do is you look at each pillar individually. You're like, okay, let's just take a deep breath here. Let's just get to the root of what do I have to do to start to move towards the top of that pillar? Yes. So in the case of uh, one of my pillars was to get my body physically ready mm-hmm. to do the job. Mm. So it's like, well, I'm nowhere near it. This is, this is really, this is not good. Um, you know, I, I don't have the strength. I don't have the stamina. Uh, size is uh, working against me. Mm. Um, I thought, okay, well, I'm going to need to build muscle. I'm going to need to build endurance. Uh, I'm going to need to build strength. And yes. I'm going to need to build recovery. Mm. So how do I do that? So I did that first. I built the physical at home, which I, at the beginning I was not capable of doing. Uh, and then I thought, okay, well, how do you build muscle? Okay, well, you build muscle by rest and protein and, mm-hmm. and taxing your muscles. It's mm-hmm. like, okay, well, how do I work on recovery? And so when you take each of those pillars and dial it back to the, the beginning point, which always looks like just a task or a habit, just easy right. people. A right. task or a habit. So for me, it's like, okay, well, I need to be onboarding more protein than I've ever fathomed mm-hmm. in my life. So maybe I need to set an alarm for four o'clock in the morning to get up and have a protein shake. Mm. Maybe I need to completely revamp my diet. Maybe that means that I need to get uh, a cooler that I take with me everywhere, mm. like whatever it means. Right. Um, or maybe I need to completely revamp my schedule because now I'm going to bed at eight o'clock. And so let's just reorg our schedule because right. that's what's happening. Right. So it really just, it, it ends up feeling like a task or habit. And it, if it still feels overwhelming, all it means is you just haven't rolled it back quite far enough. Right. So that's when you just basically utilize and you're building out your expertise and your skills, but you do it task by task and habit by habit. Yeah, that's and true. And then f- finally we have support. And the truth is, you know, I could be cool and say, you know, I did this and I did that. I didn't do any of it alone. None of it, not mm. a shred of it. You, did I do the work? Did I, was I the person like crying in bed, sobbing? Cause I couldn't stand up. Yes. Mm-hmm. However, um, without the support of a community and mentors, I would not be having this conversation with you. Right. Because right. for me, what that looked like, imagine a 20 year old girl, I declare that I'm going to become a firefighter. Now, all of my other 24-year-old girlfriends or 20-year-old girlfriends, they're like, yeah, but beer and boys. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, but firefighting. They're like, no, that that that's ridiculous, but beer and boys. <laughs> and so every time I would voice my dream to them, it seemed more ridiculous. And, and it started to become that when I would hear myself say it and then start to hear their reaction, it started to feel unrealistic to me too. Right. And I was already climbing a mountain myself. Mm. But what happened was when I started seeking out, okay, who else is on this journey? Mm-hmm. Because when I'm telling my girlfriends like, hey, you know, I can't come out with you this weekend because I have to work an overtime shift so that I can take that extrication course so that I can have that on my resume. They're like, screw that, like beer and boys. Beer and, boy. <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with that, but it's just I was a fish out of water with yeah, them. Yeah. But but instead when I started finding people that were on my same path, yes. I would tell the guys, it's like, well, listen, you know, guys, I can't, you know, I can't join you because I'm working an overtime shift so mm. that I can take that extrication course. Their response was, Oh yeah, of course. Oh, and by the way, don't forget there's a high angle rescue course the following weekend. Mm. And and then it, everything became normal. Right. 
So it's kind of like the same mindset that wealthy people or successful people will do. They'll surround themselves by people that are at or above their level. Yes. So that so that when you up level, that up leveling isn't jaw droppingly astonishing. Right. Shoulder shrug. It's just normal. It's like, right. yeah, well, of, of course you got 97 on the test. I would hope so. Right. And so that's basically mm. the trajectory of what I did. So foundation, alignment, courage, expertise, and support. Those are incredibly powerful steps and and it's so applicable to to facing the struggles that we have in life in general uh, or goals it's it this these are not easy uh life is not easy and you found a way and you said this many times in your TEDx talk that you hacked a, a solution you found mm-hmm. a way to to build something in the face of whatever adversity was coming your way and and you know you're sharing now this beautiful uh, knowledge with us, and again, I'm so grateful for that. And you're telling me these stories, and I'm locating myself in your stories of you know asking the universe how I'm going to get through the loss of my daughter, mm-hmm. uh, building a foundation, making that connection with something that's bigger than me. Uh, I was you know al- the alignment of you know what. Some people saying, "Yeah, just you're you're fine. It's been two years. You should be over it by now." Now, I didn't get that much, but I know a lot of people that get that when they're going through a deep loss or a deep challenge. Just figure it out already. Come on, it's been too long. Yeah, but but the uh, thing is that that pain gets ingrained in you, and it becomes part yes. of your tapestry. Right, and that's okay. Right, like it's okay to not be okay. Right. Yes. Absolutely. It's okay. And I say that a lot to people that are, you know, that are, you know, I've, I've, you know, I lost my father four months ago. I should be feeling better by now. Wait a minute. It, this is so fresh that mm-hmm. this is a process and who, it, and there's no timeline for this. There's no timeline for anything. Like you said, it took you 1,162 days to finally make it to that, pass that test, correct? Mm-hmm. So yep. there was no timeline in your vocabulary, in your mindset. Like you didn't say to yourself, well, if I'm not going to be this on the 362nd day, then I'm out. You know? Well, I'll tell you what, if I, I would still be doing it today. It was non mm. Losing wasn't an option and quitting wasn't an option. Right. Like whatever the freight is, I'm yep. going to pay it. Yeah, don't quit and lean into it. That's something you don't, <laughs> certainly have embodied, <laughs> uh, Shelly. It's, it's awesome. But, you know, even going further than that now with the the courage uh you know, I think that anybody that goes through a deep loss or a deep challenge, you're standing at this edge of a chasm and you're looking across that. You're like, I don't know what's over there. I mm-hmm. I, I have to believe that there is something more than where I'm standing today. And so you have to address that fear of stepping into those unknowns like you were talking about earlier. That's so important. And and having the expertise to to move forward and build those pillars. You know, for me, it was answering questions along the way mm-hmm. that once I answered those questions, it was like, oh, that and, and it's similar to foundation, but it's different. You're building this expertise to be able to say, look, these are the the pavers that I'm putting down in front of me as I take the next step through this process, whether it's a difficult challenge or or after I lost Zoe, whatever it might be. These are the pavers that I'm I'm creating by answering these questions. And and it was it, it then turned into a paved road to where, wait, now I've got this down, man. I I know that when uh, something comes my way, I'm going to be able to deal with it. But it didn't just happen overnight. It took some time to build that. But logic, 
like you said, logic comes in at that point, which is yes. so important. You know, you you've gone through the you've run those miles, you've you've you have those scars. Now logic can kind of come in, but you said don't let it drive, and I thought that was so super powerful. I yeah, love that. because we're wired we're wired to second guess and doubt. Yes. Because we're 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 also wired to look for things that can go wrong, mm-hmm. and that's fine. And and right. maybe they will, but it, you find what you focus on. Right. But I I loved what you said too because um, I remember when I was sitting at the bedside of my dying father, mm-hmm. and uh, one of my girlfriends was sitting with me, and she says, "You know, babe, there's going to be a beautiful, beautiful gift in this." And I wanted to punch mm-hmm. her in the face. Yep. Because I didn't understand, and I thought, well, like, what? How could you say that to me right mm. now? And she used to work in palliative care. Mm. And so I gave her a little bit of grace for that, for knowing what she was talking about. But it just, it was so true though. I, it was the gift that came wrapped as a kick in the teeth and just ripping my heart apart. Mm. But I have a different capacity for depth and compassion and empathy now that I ever did before. Mm. That's really cool. That's really cool. And, and uh, you were sharing with me earlier uh, before we started that, you know, that this, this kick in the teeth is really recent and it's something that it is a gift. You know, it's hard. It's a hard gift to receive, but, but what's, what's on, what do you envision it being on the other side of going through this process that you're going through right now? I don't, I don't ever anticipate on getting on the other side of it, meaning I'm always going to be in it in some regard and I'm a hundred percent okay with that. Okay. But I just wanted to share uh, one story about the something bigger than yourself because yes. this is um, this was really helpful for me. Um, so my dad loved the guitar player Stevie Ray Vaughan, blues mm-hmm. guitar player. And when I moved out of the house, every single Sunday I would come back and we would go for breakfast and we would hop in his junky old Buick and we'd cruise over to the breakfast spot. And every single weekend he'd have this um, this Stevie Ray Vaughan. Uh, CD mm. that he burned himself. All his favorite songs. Me too. Yeah. So he always used to joke because Stevie Ray Vaughan and I have the same initials. He's like, "Oh, I named you after him." And whatever. <laughs> okay. Another story. But uh, so every single, every single weekend, same CD. Not one of a collection of Stevie Ray Vaughan. The same CD. And I remember saying to him one day, uh, and again, I love Stevie Ray Vaughan, but I'm like, Dad, like, honest to God, like, switch it up, man. I said. Yeah. I know you love blues guitar, but why don't you try John Mayer? John Mayer was raised on Stevie Ray Vaughan. Mm. He's an amazing blues guitarist. He even has a Stevie Ray Vaughan tattoo. And my dad literally pulls the car over the side of the road, looks at me like I have three heads and says, this is still good. And then continues driving. And I'm like, well, (laughs) I can't actually argue that. It's really. Yeah. Um, But after he passed, I went to Big Sur and I was at a writing retreat. And Big Sur is the first place in the world I ever felt true peace. Mm. And so we were um, working on our manuscripts and I was in this beautiful cabin among the redwoods and the rain is teeming down on the roof and there's a fire crackling in the fireplace Mm. and it's starting to die down. And after I finished, I I thought, okay, I'm just going to zone out and listen to some meditation. So on my iPod, uh, for those of you who have one, um, there's a filing system. So it goes music, genre, Mm -hmm album artist song right right? so you're a number of file layers deep and i was listening to this meditation track and as the fire's dying down and i'm starting to get sleepy i thought okay i'm just gonna power off the speaker bomb and power off the ipod and i'm gonna go to sleep and this was on my father's birthday he'd been Mm. gone months it was on my father's birthday and i wake up in the middle of the night my 
iPod had turned itself on. Hmm. My speaker bomb had turned itself on. And where I left it was that meditation track. Right. But where it started playing was a John Mayer song in the middle of the song. And the line I woke up to was, something's better on the other side. Oh, wow. Now I just got chills. And I thought, you know, like he worked pretty hard to bust that move out. So I am not going to write that off to, oh, I wonder how that happened. It's right. like, you have to have room for magic. You have yes. to. Wow. That, that is an incredible story. And similar to that, uh, about uh, a year after Zoe had died, I was, I had to go out to California for a trade show for a company that I worked for. And uh, at the time, and, and uh, the trade show went very well. And the gentleman that was running the trade show uh, left me a, a rental car for me to return. And I, at first I was a little pissed. I'm like, dude, come on. He's like, but wait a minute, I've got a gassed up vehicle in LA for, yeah. you know, I mean, for a whole <laughs> One day. One word, Eric, beach. <laughs> yes, so that's exactly where I'm like. So Zoe was a big Red Hot Chili Peppers fan. I mean, she just absolutely loved that band. Uh, and uh, they were from Santa Monica. And I had never been to Santa Monica Beach. So I said, screw it. This was early May and it was warm out, but it was kind of overcast. It was that uh, May rain, June gloom thing June that they gloom, get out yeah. there. Yeah. And uh, every time I take a trip, I always find a rock that uh, and I bring it back to the house and I bring it up and bring it up to Zoe's room. And I set it down and I tell her the story about where the rock came from. And this was no different. And so I, I sat out looking for a rock on Santa Monica Beach. And if you've ever been there, uh, you'll know that there aren't any really rocks on this beach. It's just yeah. a very deep beach from the parking lot to the sand. Yeah. Or sorry, to Be the to the water. Beautifully manicured, like oh, sand is beautifully as as manicured. I mean, it is a really clean beach given the size of it too. And uh, so I'm walking and I'm walking and I'm walking. I finally found a rock, and I'm like, oh, cool. So I got a rock and. And I'm just kind of looking around. There's still nobody around. And, and I walk another 100 feet in some other direction. And I, find, I found another rock sticking out of the, the ground. And I pick that up and and do the same thing for another five or so minutes and find another couple of rocks and put them in my pocket. And I go down by the water and I'm just listening to the waves crash. And I put my feet in the water to say that I put my feet in the, in the, you know, in the Pacific Ocean and and I'm just saying, God, Zoe, I wish you were here right now. I know you would love it. And I wasn't sad. I was just kind of missing her and and sure. really wanting to connect with her in some way. So um, I just took it all in. I took some pictures and and probably stood by the water for about 10 or 15 minutes. I drew Zoe's name in the sand as well. Just, you know, I knew eventually it was going to get washed away, but that doesn't matter. Um and then I got back in the the truck and the Jeep and drove back to the hotel and I went up to my room, took the rocks out of my pocket and I put them down on the table and I'm, I'm like, wait a minute. And, and I kid you not, Shelly, that when I adjusted two of the rocks, it spelled Zoe's name. Hmm. And, and I started to cry, not because she wasn't there, but, but she was there. Yeah, 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 for and, sure. And similar to the, to the serendipity of what you had with the iPod and in that specific spot in the song, I'm like, this is really, it, it kind of opened, it warmed my heart to know that she was there in, in a different light and that she's connected to everything in the the world. And that's what I believe. And I could be wrong, but 
but I, I, I just, do too. in fact, I will say this, I still have a relationship with my dad. It just looks different than yes. it did before. Yep. And I'll also say this, I have a closer relationship with my dad because yep. we don't have those human boundaries of like, well, you can't say that to your dad or he wouldn't understand how I feel about that. Yeah. Right. It's just, there's no barrier between us now. Right, right. And you know, the only difference is if my car gets, you know, if I get a flat tire or something, I can't call him to help. That's right. it. Like, right. But you just have to learn to listen in a different way. Yes, exactly. Exactly. We're never alone. We have support here. Um, I think in the last four years, I've come in contact with people like you and other people that have been mentors that are at my level or above that I strive to be more like. And this was not present in my life before Zoe died. Mm-hmm. So it's it's just there's support for for you know doing something that's bigger than you, leaning into that struggle is 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 there and and if you set on that path to start to do that work uh things beautiful things start to open up to you and 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 i just want to leave it with this shelly that uh first of all i want to thank you so very much for being here today this has been an epic conversation again we probably could have gone for (laughs) a couple (laughs) of hours you know uh but and so i definitely want to have you on another time uh but thank you so much for my absolute honor and pleasure Thank you for inviting me. It was so fun. Uh, it was a lot of fun. And thank you so much for sharing your faces uh, acronym in, in that process. It's just beautiful and so strong. And 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 I appreciate your service, uh, you know, as a firefighter. And, and I'm sure that you're uh, that your dad's very proud of you. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you, Shelley. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Get Up 8 podcast. I'm Eric Hodgson, and I invite you to visit resilienceleaders.com, where you can find free resources to help you start thriving today. Also, check out upcoming events in my new book, A Sherpa Named Zoe, How to Walk Through Grief and Live with Intention.